Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. I have a new discount code for all of you. Wellness, a company started by the amazing Katie Wells of the Wellness Mama podcast, has offered a discount code for listeners of Elevating Motherhood for her amazing products. Wellness makes some of my favorite toothpaste, including a strawberry one for kids that my girls approve of, a shampoo, conditioner, dry shampoo, tongue scrapers, silk dental floss, biodegradable bamboo toothbrushes, and so much more. You can use the code LORIBETH, L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H, for 10% off your purchase. I'll have a whole list of my favorite wellness products on the Elevating Motherhood website soon. Until then, go check them out on their website website, wellness.com. That's wellness with an E at the end, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-E.com. And be sure to use the code Lori Beth at checkout for 10% off your order. Hey friends, it's so good to be back. And I am Oh, still coming out of maternity leave, still listening to my body and um, meeting the needs of my family and paying attention to the things that matter. I want to encourage you to do that all the time here on the on the podcast. And if I'm not doing it myself, then I would feel like a giant hypocrite. So it's been slow coming back to the podcast, but I am really happy to be back in spurts here over the last year. Um, but the baby is getting big and I am getting my energy back and have so many amazing stories to share with you. And oh my gosh, there'll be so many personalized episodes too moving forward because I have some things on my heart that I want to share with you. Gosh, but today's episode is going to be so fun. It's with my actual in real life best friend, Amanda Fergewell. Well, I'll tell you, when your best friend writes a book, you have them on your show. So Amanda wrote a book and it's about business. But when I was reading it, uh, I was an advanced reader, perks of being a bestie. I could not help but read it through the motherhood lens as well. So even though it's a business book, I read it through the motherhood lens and then wanted to talk with her more about it. So that is what is in this episode. It's about applying business principles to motherhood as a way for moms to find their balance between the two. So we'll be talking about principles of growth mindset in both our professional and personal lives. So Amanda and I are best friends in real life. So this episode starts off super informal. And in fact, I include the outtakes from the very beginning and it has lots of off the cuff moments throughout, but we do dive into the nitty gritty. And I can promise you, you'll walk away with some useful insights on how to show up as your best self in both motherhood and business. Now, this entire interview is based off of one section in Amanda's book, where she talks about growth mindset and finding joy and work and living the life that you want to have really finding what gives you life and what gives you joy. And she lists the following elements of growth mindset that we're going to talk about today. And those are reflection, cultivating your purpose, taking on challenges, fostering grit, writing down your goals, checking your attitude 
asking for feedback, stop seeking approval and rewarding actions, not traits. We're going to do a deep dive and apply all of those ideas to both motherhood and business. You are going to want to stick around for the entire show. A little more about Amanda, in case you didn't know, Amanda Fergewell is a sole parent, multiple business owner, and entrepreneur, international performer, and an expert in creative problem solving and time management. She is also the co-author of the Amazon bestselling book, The Pursuit of Badassery, How to Create Badass Business Abundance, and co-hosts the Pursuit of Badassery podcast. With over 16 years of experience as an entrepreneur, Amanda has extensive knowledge in productivity, structure development, strategic planning, crisis management, and business process improvements across multiple fields. She challenges her clients to stop making excuses and start making progress through innovative solutions to even the most mundane problems. I would also say that not just her clients, but her friends too. Without further ado, let's welcome the super fun, super awesome Amanda Fergewell to the show. Okay, I'm going to welcome you to the show and we'll get started. Okay. Me, 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 me. (laughs) Oh, man. Aloha, Amanda. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to be on the show twice. Two times. Repeat guests are one of my favorite because it's an awesome, awesome, awesome way to dive deeper with um, other moms, other people, other authors, other speakers, you know, because I think that we just sometimes get just a taste when we do just one interview. And, you know, some people I'm just not done talking to them. And since you're my best friend, well, you're definitely not done talking talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with that. Yeah, right. Um, Well, you were with us um, in episode 109 talking about what it's like to be a burlesque mom. And now you're back to talk about yet another passion of yours business, but not just business. How about you wrote a book? What What the heck? Like I am so stoked for you because there are so many years of like talking about writing books and then you actually sat down and did it. Like I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I feel like we have been talking about the two of us writing books yeah. together separately for, I don't know, 20 years. So I think it was about Probably time that we just went years. ahead and did that. Way to go. Congratulations on sitting your butt down and actually doing it. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Well, before we dive into your book, which is an amazing accomplishment, congratulations. For people who did not tune into 109 or do not know us in real life, um, could you share more about yourself for people who don't know you, but will definitely want to know you after this? Well, thank you. Uh, Well, first, I I know that you mentioned this in episode one and nine, but I thought we should sort of reiterate it, that you don't really, that our interview will be different than a normal interview with you because I uh, have known you for 20 something years. So I will just say what I feel like saying all the time. And so for, for, (laughs) for all the listeners out there, we might just start cackling for no apparent reason. And that is just who we are as friends. So just pre-apologize for the inevitable cackling. Good for you. Yes. That was actually a really good point to bring up because if for some reason, this was the very first episode that someone is tuning into with Elevating Motherhood, this is, I would not say this is like going to be the usual vibe. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Uh, And nothing against the way we talk, but this is very much how we interact in general. So if you're just coming into the show for the very first time in your life, you are in for a treat because (laughs) it is the Larry and Bonanda show over here. So- (laughs) 
Uh, which is an inside joke, which no one, none of you will get. Sorry about that. <laughs> Just know it's funny. <laughs> Just know it's really funny. We're hilarious. So a little bit about myself. I am a business owner, a multiple business owner. You have seen me through many of my businesses over the course of the last 20 years. And I, my main job right now as a business consultant, I work in helping other businesses increase their productivity, increase their profit, profitability, and I absolutely love it on so many levels. I also own a couple of dance studios in Hawaii. I own a lot of dance studios there. I do a lot of other random jobs. It's, it's Some people might equate it to a hustle culture, but I don't really believe it's a hustle culture. To me, it's more of a, uh, a desire to try a lot of things and to explore a lot of part of a lot of different types of businesses. And I think that it's not necessarily a bad thing that I do all the things I just love to work and I love to explore different passions. And uh, so that has sort of culminated now in writing a business book. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. And it's true. It's true. That's very much your personality to just do those things. And it is funny because I think sometimes we fall into this trap of using like the cultural filter of like, oh, why is that person the way that she is? You know, and and the truth of the matter is, it's not that you are trying to keep up with the Joneses, whoever the Joneses are these days, or that you're like the hustle, you know, and all of that. It's just you. It's you showing up as you. And I think that's actually one of the key ingredients to your success. Well, thanks. I think so too. I think that I think there's a, been a lot of a shift in the last few years about quote unquote being your authentic self, mm-hmm. and it's hard for a lot of people to acknowledge parts about themselves like that. But for me, I've always been authentically crazy. Like I just like to do <laughs> all the things, and I've These always been that way. This is not some like new thing I've decided to start in order to be more productive. Like this is just who I am as a person. So I I embrace that authentic self of crazy that I, and productivity and just OCD insanity. That is me. And I love it. And I, I would never medicate for that. (laughs) Crazy forever. (laughs) So that being said, the interesting thing is I, I think some people would hear that and be like, Oh, I am not that way. Her book is not for me because mm. I am not that way. But the the fact of the matter is, I think that after reading your book, the thing that I pull away from it is like, people are like, Oh, how does she do it? How does she do it all? How does she do any of it? How does she do one thing and be a mom at the same time, let alone sit down and write a book. And so really it's insight into business in general and decisions in general and mindset in general. And so I don't think we ever have to fully align with anyone ever because there is no one size fits all answer for anything ever. And I will just keep saying that in every episode because that is a truth, but you don't have to be like you in order to get a ton, ton, ton out of this book, because you are not teaching us how to be like you. Mm-hmm. You are sharing truths that you have discovered over the years through business. And you actually have a co-author, Lynn Howard. Yes. Yes. So it's not just one perspective. So that's the other thing I love too: multiple perspectives. So I fully enjoy co-author creations and you guys are both moms. And I think Lynn's a grandmother as well. Correct. Yeah. So can you share a little bit more about how that co-authoring came together, how this book came about? Absolutely. Lynn and I have been friends, not as long as you and I have been friends, obviously. There's no competition. Don't get crazy. (laughs) Uh, She and I have been friends for probably a decade, and I met her through a BNI chapter, which if you're not familiar with BNI, it's Business Networking International. It's a great 
uh, networking group. I, I highly recommend it for businesses. And we met through that. I was serving on the board. She was a director at, on another island and she was coming in basically like check on us. And our relationship started there, sort of a, an instant recognition that we both had our shit together. Am I allowed to say shit on this show? No. Yes. Yes. No. I just have to, you know, do a warning at the end or something. I'm sorry. Beep, 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 <laughs> beep. Uh, I'm so used to my podcast where we just drop all of the Oh, no, no, so no. Sorry People are that, allowed folks. to be themselves here. And I don't think that we can say the title of your book without really having oh, that's right. explicit, oh. you know? My book is so explicit. It's not. It's not. I took out all the bad words. Uh, I did. I went back in. Anyway, the point is uh, she and I met and sort of mutually decided upon first meeting that we were going to be friends. And, and sometimes you have that connection with people where you just instantaneously know that you are going to like them. And conversely, instantaneously know that you're not going to like them. That's, that's true. That happens all the time as well. So well, in we, our case, you didn't like, thought maybe you wouldn't like me. No, I didn't like you, Lori. I hated you when I first met you. Like, <laughs> listeners, Lori was horrible to me when I first met her. I was not. You I were. You were not. overbearing, and you were very much. I don't know what's going on here. And I was like, "It's hot outside. Give me some cake." And then it worked out. <laughs> that is a true account of how our relationship, listeners. That is a true That's account. One side. That is the accurate side. Just all this. you need to know is there is cake, and then it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Many things could be solved with chocolate cake. That's all I got to say. I digress. But we instantly knew that we were going to connect on a business level. She actually, I, she was my mentor for a while in business because I was making a big transition within my business and I just wanted someone else's opinion. And I think a lot of business owners get weirded out by bringing someone else in, particularly someone like me. I don't really ask for help a lot. I don't really like to feel like I don't have it together. And so asking for help was a big step for me. I understand. It's really hard. I mean, it's really, I think a lot of moms can relate to that too. Like you yeah. have this, if you mention to people that you don't have it together, suddenly you are opening yourself up for judgment. And mm -hmm. I don't like that. I think a lot of moms don't like that beyond just business owning. Me this morning. You're talking about me this morning. <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, anytime you say anything negative about your day, like, oh, I had to clean some urine off the walls and suddenly you feel like you're judged as a mom. Like, oh, did you try this, this, this? You know what? Just venting right now. But anyway, so Lynn and I started our relationship in that way. And then our I, I, she stopped being my mentor after a few months. Uh, I, I got my stuff together, as it were. And then we progressed in sort of a mutual mentorship or, or we just we like to have our powwows. And since we're both in business, it's really nice to have a sounding board with another person mm -hmm. who's dealing with some of the same things. And sometimes it's just something as easy as, hey, can you proofread this email? Or does this come across the way I want it to come across? I need a set, another set of eyes. And that's something that I, I think all of us need in life. You just need someone else to be a sounding board on something that's important to you, whether it's in motherhood, whether it's in business. I think that's just right. something we all need. That's actually a perfect transition, well done, friend, um, into what it is I wanted to talk about, because this book is about business. But the interesting thing is when I, because of the show, the nature of the show and who I am just in general, when I read books about any topic at all, I look at it through one lens of just like, oh, what, what's the topic about, you know, like business, but then I always, always, always eventually bring in the motherhood lens and be like, okay, can any of these ideas actually be applied? 
to motherhood? And the answer is yes, 100% of the time. So I feel that same way too. I feel like in business, it is very helpful to be able to talk with other people who are in your field and just say, Hey, I know a lot of podcasters feel like they're just like islands floating out there. And when they find another podcaster, they're like, do you want to be friends? Can we talk about these things that come up? You know? Um, and it's the same with motherhood because I feel like there are probably emails, um, you know, I've run by friends or ideas I've run by friends or texts or whatever, you know, that you run by your mom friends to be like, Hey, does this sound clear? You know, or help me think through this. You know, I was super offended by this comment by, you know, so-and-so and, you know, can I get in a, a fresh perspective? And it's mm-hmm. always super, super helpful. So focusing on your book, um, because it was so great. And I do want to highlight this one section of, of the book about growth mindset and all the different points that you guys wrote about when it, in regards to business. But then I think we can go back and then analyze those through the lens of motherhood as well. So the format's going to be a little bit different, but I do think when it comes to mindset, it's really, really, really important that we figure out what kind of mindset we have and do some reflection and some work on it, some really self-work because our children's mindset is affected by us. And if you need proof of that, all you have to do is look at your parents, you know, or their parents to them, right? I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you hear a lot of talk about growth mindset. And I think that Oh, we need to dive into it more to understand it. So we have this question of like, how can we work on growth mindset when it comes to balancing our work and our kids? You know, we have to have a growth mindset in business. We have to have a growth mindset with our kids and just life in general. So uh, let's, let's dive into the nine points that you guys bring up in your book. And the very first one is reflection. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like taking time to acknowledge and reflect on and embrace your failures and looking at failures as learning opportunities um, and a chance to evolve rather than just failures, you know, and just being down in the dumps like. And that's really important. Growth mindset is so important. And I think a lot of people don't really understand mindset, like this growth abundance concept. And I didn't understand it for years because I just kind of thought it was poppycock. Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. And the concept of growth mindset isn't necessarily this, like, I'm an optimistic, happy person all the time. And I'm just, nothing gets me down because that's BS. It's never going to, I mean, if you are that person, I'm amazed by you because I kind of live in a pessimistic, realistic viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And so you can be a pessimistic or realistic person and still have a growth mindset. And the, the, the idea of growth mindset and this abundance mindset is that everybody else's failures and even your own failures don't really dictate who you are or what you're going to be or how it has to be. And when you really look at your own failures and think like, okay, I just tanked on X, Y, Z. Like I, I mean, think of it from like even a mother perspective. There are times like at the end of the day, you look back and be like, wow, I really lost it when my kid soaked three toilet paper rolls in urine for fun. And I I lost (laughs) it in that moment. True story. I lost it in that moment. And how could I have handled that better? And it's not that you dwell on this moment. I mean, yeah, it was, 
I that lost wasn't it. your defining moment as a mother. It wasn't, it wasn't defining my defining moment as a kid. Exactly. Like <laughs> we all make choices throughout the day and they're just choices. It's time to move on. And I made a choice in that moment to lose it mentally, physically. Like I lost my marbles for a second there. Also, I'm a very clean person. So it's just kind of like got into me. Like all I could see. It was like, it was like looking, it was like imagining a crime scene with a black light and like, oh my God, someone's going to come in here and just realize how much urine's in my house. Uh, so I could look at that at the end of the day and be, and just harp on how horrible I was and how, like, how could I possibly have yelled at him? Or what did I do as a parent that has made him not capable of aiming properly? And it must be because I'm a sole parent. And he doesn't have a father figure and no one taught him out. Like you can spiral down into this ridiculous world of self-doubt and you know, self-deprecation, just like uh, you're doing it wrong. Or you can look at it like, oh, well, now I know that this is something we need to work on. And I know that what my triggers are and I yes. need to work on me in a different way. And it's an educational experience for both of us. Like he mm-hmm. knows, like, maybe don't do that. And he hasn't done it since. And I think, and I'm not saying that that was the uh, perfect outcome, but there are when you're thinking in a growth mindset, you're you're analyzing your failures from a point of a viewpoint of education and experience. And and I say this in the book, and I'll say it in life: the best teachers you have are your epic fails. And anytime you make a mistake, or what you would consider a mistake, it's the best opportunity to grow. Knowing that I lost it over three soggy toilet paper rolls has helped me not lose it since then. So That's right. when it happens now, now I don't get these overwhelming needs to like murder somebody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I can take that second to reflect, okay, I know that I felt this way and that didn't help anything. And that only caused X, Y, Z to happen. So now I'm not going to do it that way. And now we're going to reassess and reevaluate and I'm going to grow and learn from that mistake that I made or that he made. And I think that's the difference in that growth mindset. Mm-hmm, for sure. We had a learning moment this morning. Uh, So you're giving a personal example there, which is interesting because this is a business book, right? And so you're giving the motherhood example there. And I would say you are a pessimist and I'm an optimist. (laughs) Just, um, I think that most people would assume it's easier for me to have a growth mindset. But I will say Chris and I sat down and I asked him in your book, do you think this, the quiz that you have, you know, about like yes or no, and to find out if you have a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And I think we like bear we're in the growth mindset thing because we're still learning and still unfolding. But it was an awesome opportunity for us to reflect, um, which is the the first point here, um, and just say, hey, do you think that we are? Because we could easily be like, oh, yeah, we're growth mindset because we have a family model of like, well, things were learned. Things were learned this morning in both business and personal life because our schedules didn't line up the way they thought they were going to. And, you know, things were learned. Like, I need a babysitter sooner than later. Uh, we need to be having more open conversations about what our schedule is like. And, and you no, know, Mondays are not good days to record podcasts. And also, if the dentist's office calls you right before you hop on an interview and you're a dental phobe like me, don't answer. Okay. Cause you're going to spiral. <laughs> like just like, there's things were learned, but we have to think about those things and those aren't failures. And th- that moment isn't going to define the rest of my day. I mean, look how fun this interview is, right? It's almost like water under the bridge and like completely forgotten, but not completely forgotten because I definitely have my calendar front and center for the rest of the week. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I don't know if, if this is a just me thing and it might be, I, I have this 
this tendency to just break out into song for no reason. Uh, but yourself. when you were talking about how you're an optimist, <laughs> all I could think of was the Paula Abdul song, When Opposites Attract. Oh, it's like yeah. a cat and her climbing on the stairs. Like, oh if you don't God. know that song, I feel sad for you. And you were clearly born way after me. But that song is so cutting edge. But that's us. Like, am I the cat and you're Paula Abdul? I don't know. I have, I don't I have know. no idea. I don't know the music video. Kidding. I do know the song. Well, but that's it's- something you're going to have to link to in your show notes. <laughs> Oops. I'm making sure that Lori puts the YouTube link to Opposites of Trap by Paula Abdul in the show notes. It's there officially. Oh my gosh. Let me just go ahead and write that down. <laughs> oh, I'll be checking your work. Don't you worry. Also, I'd like to point out this is the second reference to Paula Abdul this week. And I think that's very strange. I'm not sure what it is I'm supposed to be paying attention to, but this is the second reference it, I've heard. It's a natural fact. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I go to bed early and I party all night. Well, so did... you want to pick up, I mean, maybe next it'll be a singing career. I feel like. You know, why not? Record producers are going to be just lining up at the door for me. Oh, my gosh. No one ever. Well, the next point that you talk about in your book in this growth mindset section is find and cultivate your purpose. And that's definitely the theme of the book. The whole book is rooted in purpose, which is so lovely and finding your purpose. And for me, in my language, the way that I kind of talk about it is like aligning your actions and your values. And to me, that sort of like helps you find your purpose. I don't know if you can, if that resonates with you, but you mentioned that finding your purpose helps us take leaps and make moves in the name of purpose. And as a person who just recently took the boldest leap of faith ever in, in business and in personal life and, and all of that, I feel that I feel that. And for, for me, like if I break that down, we definitely just were basically aligning our actions and our values and, and a quest to figure out our purpose. So can you talk a little bit more about cultivating our purpose? Absolutely. I, believe that that is so important in finding work and a life that you love and want to have. I think purpose-driven work is the most important work. And it doesn't, there isn't one right purpose or one specific thing that we're all supposed, supposed to do. Some people are naturally inclined towards certain genres, towards certain types of work. And that's something you should embrace and not try to shy away from if it's not what's considered cool or if it's not what's going to get you a YouTube channel and make millions of hits in like the first day. Like I think so many people are trying to be something they're not. And it's not necessarily even intentional, but if you really take a look, and I think that people have mentioned this in the past, sort of like, oh, what did you want to be when you were a child? And that's what you're supposed to be. And I don't guess I don't think you wanted to be a guest speaker. Yeah. I wanted to be a writer. So I guess maybe that example isn't exactly correct. But <laughs> but the point is that, that the sentiment behind that is finding what gives you life and joy and what, yeah. what you want to do and what you want to share with the world. And there's that, you know, pick a job you love and you won't work a day in your life. That's not at all the case. I believe it's pick a job you love and you'll work every day of your life because it'll right. be part of your life. It'll be so ingrained in who you are as a person that you can't extricate yourself and not in a workaholic way, but in a, this is who I am as a person. This is my purpose on life and life. Yeah. Is, and, and the reason I am here on earth is to, in my case, help people and help people reach their potential and 
help them grow and 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 love and enjoy their businesses. And I I get such a rush out of it. And and it doesn't matter if I've had a whole day of you know toddler activities that are just for me a, a lot of times just they're just mind numbing. Like I can only play pretend snakes for so long before I kind of have lost it mentally. But it doesn't matter how tired I am by the end of the day if I shift into that work mode, I get so energized because I love what I do. And I love feeling like my purpose for existence is being fulfilled. And so I think if we really take a look at what brings us joy and why it brings us joy, I mean, business brings me joy, but it's not just business and like money. Money doesn't bring me joy. It's helping people within that sphere that brings me joy. So I think it's really identifying the why behind that passion and what it is exactly that's igniting you that can push you forward into really realizing your purpose. Mm -hmm. My mind's racing a mile a minute. So you know how that goes. Um, I'm I'm really curious for people who are listening, when Amanda was talking, what were you thinking? Were you looking or listening through the business lens or were you listening through the motherhood lens or were you flip-flopping back and forth between the two? Because I hear what you're saying in regards to business. I hear it. I do. And I also see it through the motherhood lens because so many moms find purpose in their motherhood journey. They really do. They can see it, they can feel it, you know, and it energizes them. And it's like you were saying, it's not like the paycheck, you know, like the payout at the end that, mm-hmm. that yeah, that's like a thing. Sure. But when it's not our main focus, it, the same thing is true of motherhood. Kids who listen 24 seven, just like obey and, and do exactly what you ask when you ask, like, I don't even know what that's like, <laughs> that's, but like know that's you know, <laughs> when they pay out when, the payout in motherhood, you know, if, if you see one of your accomplishments happen, it's, that's not why we're doing everything that we're doing, you know, and we don't have the end goal of making sure that our kids listen every single time without fail and nothing ever goes wrong. Like that's just unrealistic, right? So we have to find joy in the journey and, you know, yes. you can do that by really sitting down and again, going back to point number one, reflecting and figuring out more about your purpose. The third and I point don't, they, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I just say, I don't want to make it sound like I don't find fulfillment or joy in motherhood because there are, I, my son is not a burden to my, my work endeavors, uh, but it's just a different type of personal fulfillment there because there are definitely those moments where, you know, yeah, I talk about snakes with my kid all day, but how cool is it when he goes to the zoo and schools the, the zookeeper on some stuff about snakes? And I'm like, yeah, that's right. My kid's four. And he just told you all about the natural <laughs> habitat of that. Titan, whatever. Well, on so, the phone yesterday, I asked him two things and he knew the answers. Like, what's the world's smallest snake? What's the big, world's biggest snake? And he just like said it like it was no big deal. I mean, it's so cool because it's self-directed learning. And it's like, yes. honestly, I think the best kind of learning and supporting them in that. And I, I get it. I I also think it's a journey too for a lot of people. So for some people, if we're looking through the different lenses, it's honestly easier to find your purpose for some people in, in the motherhood part of it. And mm-hmm. then, then rather than the business part and for other people, the business part is a little bit easier. And then the motherhood lens, they find purpose in that, but it's just, there's that balance there. And it's so funny because that's one thing I do want to like sidebar and bring up is that I used to try to dance around the word balance in general, but I don't know. I'm just going to use it openly and freely right now. I'm going to say the B word (laughs) all day long is that we're trying to find that balance, you know, and one isn't better than the other 
necessarily, right? It's just, it's a journey and it's an unfolding. And when you have a growth mindset, it frees you up to get out of that land of constant guilt of like, oh shoot, as a mother, I should find more purpose and fulfillment in the motherhood journey above everything else. And that's honest to God, just not the case for every single person because we are not the same. And not every single day. I mean, right. you are a growing, evolving, changing person from minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day. And you don't have to be one thing or another at any time. Like you, who, who are you trying to hold yourself up for? Right. You, be you, just be you. Mm-hmm. Um, the next point you guys bring up in the book about growth mindset is to take on challenges both outside and inside of yourself. Yes. Yes. All the challenges. <laughs> I think that people shy away from challenge because there's that fear right. that you're going to suck at it, that you're going right. to fail and that everyone's going to see you fail because you've, you've told everybody you were going to do this challenge and then you just eat it. And then everybody's going to know that you're a failure. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of shame, fear and regret and, and just self-sabotaging before you even begun. So I think it's important to, even for, you know, teaching your kids, like, I know this is a business book, but you know, this is a motherhood podcast. So let's do both. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to put this into the sphere of motherhood, like I let my kid fail all the time. I encourage him to fail. You're going to, you're going to suck at climbing that wall that is for like eight year olds. Go ahead and try it anyway. doesn't matter mm-hmm. because we want to, well, I should say, I want to encourage my child to challenge himself because one day he is going to be excelling beyond what I thought he could do. And sometimes he does. And it amazes me where he's able to do something that I'm like, ah, that's really kind of above your age. And then he'll just do it without being prompted. And I think that's a good example of how you set these challenges for yourself, whether or not you think you can achieve them, because the point is not necessarily achieving anything. The point is to go on the challenge and to better yourself one moment at a time, whether that's recognizable in an award or monetary expenses there. I mean, you want to challenge yourself for the sake of challenging yourself, not just because there's some end perceived reward. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is that fear of failure that paralyzes all of us, even down to, and this is a true, true example, making sourdough bread, like, <laughs> or trying something new. That's like way outside, you know, you just mental block yourself of like, well, it's probably just not going to turn out. So I'm not even going to bother. And, you know, with that example, you actually have like, an audience, if you will, of your family or friends or whoever, who are going to be eating your bread and then giving you feedback. (laughs) Yes. And just down to even ordinary tasks like that, sometimes we can feel too challenged, if you will, like the world is just against us, you know, and that it's just too challenging. So why try? And I think that that's true in business and in motherhood stuff. So (laughs) when it comes to when it comes to others challenging you, I think that in business, um, we'll talk about it from through the business lens first. I think that. There's a couple of different types of challenges. You can have ones that you impose upon yourself, like goal setting for yourself, what you want to achieve in your life. And then you have those ones that are these external challenges that you are either perceived or real. Sometimes it's a case of literally being called out by a, a competitor or you feel like you have to do something more or better than somebody else just for the sake of it. I think those are more external, but I think it's important that you really analyze both internally and externally. Like, are these challenges coming from a place 
that I've created or, or is it just this, is it creating, am I, have I I created it for a positive reason? I believe challenge should be a positive thing. I don't think you should associate negativity with a challenge. I think it should be the opposite where you're constantly using challenge as a positive in your life. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. Something you said, um, that basically feeling called out, you know, I think that that is the, the mindset, the, the viewpoint that we struggle with the most when we feel like we have been called out, like, especially in our motherhood or something like that, you know, that we get very defensive. Instantly defensive. Yeah. And I I think that, I mean, that's like an entire, you could just have like an entire podcast series on that. (laughs) But I think that's also, you know, that's something, a reason to kind of look at your own emotional intelligence on that, because if you're getting instantly, you know, defensive and instantly offended by whatever the the calling out is, it might be time to reflect internally on why that bothers you so much and that's why right. the opinion of this random person means anything to you. And I think that's uh, something to really look at as well when you're thinking about like, why you get riled up by certain, like, what's triggering you in that way. Mm-hmm. I agree, which always comes back to that, you know, that first point of reflection. I agree wholeheartedly. Oh man. And it's, none of us are immune to it. We, a lot of us take things personally in business and in motherhood. And we live in this cancel culture world and this like, you know, you're, you've been called out. What are you going to do? And it's like, okay, throw my purse in a tree. I don't know. (laughs) 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 What am I supposed to do? Well, fostering grit is the next thing. And I actually am fascinated by this in just in general, but especially in motherhood, but maybe talk about fostering grit and what grit means um, in business so that we can, you know, bounce back and forth between the business and motherhood lens. Well, we, we mentioned this in the book, and this is a line that Lynn wrote specifically, that grit is being you. It's being unapologetically you, being, I mean, that's not her exact words. I'm, gonna, I'm not quoting my co-author here, but, but grit's about having that courage to show up and just be you, all the bad parts, all the good parts, everything of who you are, and acknowledge that that's good. Even the parts of yourself that you don't like, grit's showing up anyway. Grit's having that courage and and being unabashedly yourself. That's, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to have true grit and just to go out there and be who you are and not apologize for that. And I'm not saying just be a jerk to everybody and just be Mm -hmm. like, I do what I want. Uh, That's not, that's not what grit is about, but it's about really showing up courageously in the whole person that you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that the term grit kind of brings up a image of toughness. Yes. You know what I mean? And I do think it does take, uh, I was going to say a certain amount of, you know, toughness in order to show up as yourself, but I actually think it takes like a whole truckload. It does. I think, and like I said, it's not like you're trying to purposefully offend people. That's not the point of, of having that grit and that toughness, but you do have to, it is hard. It's hard to be you. It's it hard is. 
And I'm not, I'm not saying it, obviously you are naturally yourself, but it's hard to put that out there to the world. It is hard to be you mm-hmm. publicly and to be okay with the negatives you're going to get back because mm-hmm. people will see things in you that they, that they recognize in themselves and they'll see those as they, they might think, oh, well, I don't like the way she's doing that because that's kind of like how I do that. And I don't like that about myself. And so they're going to project on you all their own personal negativities because people don't really hate you. They hate themselves. I mean, if you're looking at like all these, these internet trolls that you see around and and all the, the naysayers, all these negative reviews, they're not necessarily about you. They're usually not about you. They're usually about them in some way, shape or form. And, and it's projecting it onto you. And so having that grit and that toughness to look at that situation and realize that really isn't about me. This, this, what's happening here, the, the business feedback I'm getting, the personal feedback I'm getting, isn't really about me in this case, it's probably about them and, and being able to show up in that space courageously. And it, it does take a lot of mental, physical, uh, mostly mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Which uh, harkens back to the point right before it of like taking on challenges, both outside and inside of yourself and working on grit and working that muscle that is grit and developing yeah. that skill does take um, an acceptance, intentional acceptance of, mm-hmm. you know, I will accept challenges both outside and inside of myself. And then once you do that, it does open the pathway and get rid of a lot of roadblocks to actually show up as yourself. And it's very hard to do. It's something that I'm still working on. I can think back to just this past month, a couple of situations I've been in where I'm like, Ooh, do I show up as myself in this situation? Or do I kind of tiptoe around to, you know, make nicey nice or like, Ooh, is this the socially acceptable way to show up? And so we're still, 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 still working on that kind of stuff on a daily basis and in business and motherhood and in my own personal life too. No, I think it's it's something we all will work on for our entire lives. I mean, there's I there has not been a business conference I have been on, a networking event I have been to, a mom's group I have been to that I have not shown up and tried to be what I thought was a, I was supposed to be in that situation. And it right. because I'm an introvert, because I don't really I don't really put myself out there for a lot of people, I'm even more likely to hide from that, that truth of who I am and, and, mm-hmm. and hide it from the other people because I just don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. And I don't want to bring on that challenge that I should be facing. And I, <sighs> it's, it's something we do. It, mm-hmm. It's socially acceptable. You don't want to, you know, be ruffle feathers. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be you too much. You don't want to ruffle feathers. You don't want to offend anybody who you've just met. Like, I think there's, and like I said, again, it's not about just offending everybody. That's not what I, what we're trying to do. It's just, you're trying to be who you are. And in that way you can cultivate real relationships because mm-hmm. instead All of right. just sort of hiding behind what's socially acceptable, whether or not you believe in it, I think we hide a lot. We just hide who we are and mm-hmm. we need to stop doing that. Well, I probably have had the most interesting visceral reaction to that yet. Like my whole spine tingled. And my first thought was like, Ooh, Grow a backbone. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty crazy. And yeah, that's that's growing your own emotional intelligence and yeah, getting a spine, yeah. and just embracing it. Yeah, well, you know me well enough to know that that's something I have to work on. Yeah. It's tough on everybody. It's so <laughs> hard. I, I think people don't give themselves enough credit. That is hard. Being yourself to everybody is hard. It's mm-hmm. so hard. It's so hard. 
It is. Yeah. It is. The next uh, point you guys have for growth mindset, though, is way easier and it's write out your goals. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> way easier. Uh, that one has less, way less self-reflection and uh, writing out your goals. But I think also, and we, we touch upon this too. And, and, and if you, if you get the book, there's a link to download uh, some of our, our SMALT goals setting and our SWOT analysis. And there, there's all sorts of things you can download once you've purchase the book. But I think that the the point of, of goal setting and writing down your goals, it really needs to be defined. It can't just be this like mythical, I want to start a business. Like that's a great goal. But yeah. if you don't really flesh it out more, you're never going to make it to where you want to be because you really don't know where you want to be. It's just too broad. And that won't, that kind of broadness won't come to fruition. You've got to make it a lot more specific and a lot more concentrated if you're going to really get the most out of your goals. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about that. How detailed are your goal lists? Uh, pretty detailed. Uh, I I don't really enforce too many timelines. Uh, most of my timelines are within like a three to six or 12 month. Like I, I give, I don't say like on June 27th, 2025, I will have done this. Like I don't, I don't make it a super finite date, but I do mark it out within a three, six or 12 month timeline for myself so that I know I have a goal to create. It's when I'm like, when I was writing the book, I knew I wanted to get it done in a certain amount of weeks. And so that was my timeline. I had to get it done. All the writing, all that had to be done within a certain time frame. And, and honestly, if I had just, if my goal had been, I'm going to write a book, uh, this interview could be taking place 20 years from now. Like <laughs> there's just mm-hmm. too many things going on in the world. There's too many things that you have. And, and as a business owner, as a mom, there are a thousand other things I can do throughout the course of a day. So if I don't make my goals specific within a timeline, a time frame, I, I am doomed to never finish anything because there's always something that comes up. I mean, just there's always, always something. I mean, always. as soon as one thing is, has, has been completed, something else is going to come up. So I, mm-hmm. and I think that's just life. So mm-hmm. if is. your goals are too broad, you'll never, there's always going to be something that's going to come up. And you're going to justify not completing your goal because X, Y, Z happened. And you need to set those goals with the intention of making them important to you. And mm-hmm. the specificity will help create that importance. It will show your the reason that you're doing it. And it will give you a purpose beyond just the goal itself. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I like the three, six, 12 month timeline because even through the motherhood lens, you know, your kids are only the age that they are for a year. I know that yeah. some people don't like to hear that fact um, because it has, it makes them kind of like, ooh, tense up and they don't like it. They feel like a certain amount of pressure or whatnot. But let's say, for example, you have a seven-year-old or someone who's getting ready to turn seven, um, which I do, <laughs> which is crazy. This is the second go around. I have an episode about, I know, seven. I can't Weird. believe it. I know. I saw your face and was like, I know it doesn't make any sense. Make it make Math sense. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. But I need to sit down and re-listen to that episode about the seven year change because that mm-hmm. is a very real thing. And I'm watching it start to unfold. And instead of just having the sort of general goal of like, well, I know that she's going through it. And well, I've been through it once before and I need a refresher course. 
because I see the changes happening. And I know that it's a huge, huge, huge heart, mind, body change for kids at that age. And I want to be as best prepared for that entire year as I can be because the changes are already happening and it doesn't start on her exact birthday and end on her exact birthday. They're already happening. And I think that it would be better if I sat, made a goal for myself of like, you will sit down and you will listen to this episode again as a refresher, um, you know, as a favor to you and like to myself and her, because instead of just seeing it and being like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe wishy-washy, I need to actually sit down and meet that goal. Um, because I do know that meeting that goal will make the rest of our year a lot easier because I'll have a better understanding of some of the changes that she's going through and I can help guide her through that. So I do think that it's important to have timelines and the goals though. One thing I do want to talk about, because you talk about prioritizing in the book, and this is like in a whole other chapter. So just yes. to kind of sidebar here, here because I think it's super relevant. Um, when writing out goals, I think a lot of those goals have to do with prioritizing things. Mm-hmm. And we live in a world that says we're busy, 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 and busy is absolutely a badge of honor um, in our society, <laughs> which is crazy. And in fact, you know, I use the word busy in my intro. And I'm like, in this busy world, sometimes busy world, I was like, what? What? Wow. I, I think it might be time to drop that. Oh, because busy is such a buzzword and such a badge of honor. So what are your thoughts on quote unquote being busy? Like if I were to say like, oh, I'm too busy to listen to that podcast episode about the seven year change. Well, if I were talking to you, (laughs) I would totally call you out on that. I I hate, hate, and I know hate's a strong word, blah, blah. I hate the word busy. I hate it. I try never to use it. And that's because I think you're like you said, it's a badge of honor people are using that. Like, oh, I'm so busy. My life is so important. There's just so much I'm doing. I, I just think it's a made up word. I think busy is a made up. I mean, I, re- I think I wrote that in the book, literally. Busy is a made up word. It's just something that people are trying to, to use in order to make themselves seem more important than they are. To when, justify. Really, to justify this, this, these choices that they've made in their lives. Because yeah. when you look at what is making you quote unquote busy, that was a choice. You chose yeah. to put yourself into that situation. And yeah, I understand like sometimes you, things come up and you don't, you're like, I didn't choose to have a diaper blow out on the way to this meeting. And I didn't choose to have a meeting get double booked on the same day. And, and now I'm ill prepared. Like, I, yeah, stuff comes up, but that's, that's an exception. And like, we're, you might want to believe that you're the exception, but you're just not, you're, you're the rule. You are the rule. And when you're saying that you're busy, it's what you're really saying is that you didn't prioritize your your life and yourself and your tasks the way that you should. So, I, I mean, I I'm sure I mentioned it in the book. I run multiple businesses. I am a sole parent. I have a young child who is home with me most days. He he's got like I don't know maybe ten hours a week that he's away from me, and I. I wrote a book. I I volunteer. Like I do a lot of things, but I don't consider myself to be busy because I prioritize that in my life. And I Mm -hmm. think that it's really important that you look at why you think you're busy. Because if you think you're busy, it might just be that you're prioritizing the wrong things. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's so important, particularly for business owners and particularly for moms to really look at what you're prioritizing and why. And actually, I Maybe I do mention this in the book. I think you're in the book, Lori, where I talk about how, I don't know, I don't know if it made the final cut. It's been a while. I think I've read this book 67,000 times at this point. 
So I remember very clearly when I had just had my son and it was that mother, my first Mother's Day and I was losing it. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I was having a, a moment and I hadn't eaten or drunk anything all day. And like, he was hungry and he needed a diaper change. And I was like losing it. And you kind of just looked at me, you're like, uh, you chose not to eat or drink. Like that was your choice. And it really hit me like, oh yeah, I did choose that. I chose to put his needs above mine. And yes, as a mother, you do. And there are plenty of times in my business that I'll put a business event ahead of my own personal need to take a break or you know, get a full delicious lunch or whatever. You make those choices, but it is a choice. And so you have to understand that those, those priorities that you have in your life are self-imposed. So you're not busy, you're prioritizing. And so what you choose to prioritize is up to you and you can make that distinction. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sitting here saying like, ooh, was that too harsh? <laughs> No, I, I can go on forever on how the word busy drives me nuts. Anytime someone yeah. uses that as an excuse, I'm like, you're just say what you really want to say. Like, I don't want to do it. Like, if you yeah. hear me tell someone, oh, I'm just too busy. That is my way of trying to be nice when really what I want to say is I don't like you enough. I don't care enough about you. I don't want to do it. Like, I'm never I'm too just, busy for things that yeah. I really care about. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, it's busy versus full. Yeah. I had to make that Mm. shift for myself of, am I busy? Am I busy? And I'll be honest, I, full disclosure, I was using the word busy to block out other people instead of being Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to talk to you actually. You know, I'm too busy. It's because I don't want to talk to you and I don't want to text and I don't have time because I am not prioritizing you is what I'm saying. And I think that we're starting to look through we're starting to see through the word busy. Like you said, there's, there's cracks in the word busy and people are starting to realize that when someone says, Ooh, I'm just too busy. It's because they're not taking the time to sit and reflect. Um, and they're just kind of throwing it out there as like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is busy. Or, you know, they're basically saying, I'm not prioritizing you. It's really what it is they're saying. I mean, I think that this is, this is a very simple example, in my opinion, when you had, I don't think it was maybe the third. I don't remember which child you were having, but I was sort of the on-call person and I was working when you called me and were like, I have to go to the hospital. And so, yeah, I was quote unquote busy with work, but I dropped work and I went to what was the most important priority there. So I wasn't too busy to to be there for you. I prioritized you. Ooh, that's really interesting. Okay. So that's really interesting. That is really interesting. It's really interesting. It's really interesting because birth in general takes you out of the cycle of life, the crazy hamster wheel. You have no mm. choice. And a lot of times I actually hear people say, oh, well, I'm going to work up until this day, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And we try to like plan around it. Like we have a say in when this like super huge life event is going to happen and how it's going to turn out. Anticlimactic due date. Yeah. And And we try to control it rather than just go with the flow of it. And there is, you have no choice but to prioritize it. Your body will literally prioritize it and and take over your mind and everything else. And you will not have a say in, in the moment really. And it's funny because it's like, we live in a world where they're like, Oh no, you can have a say, we'll just induce you. And like, that's it. But you don't know. Scheduled C-section. Yes, exactly. That's just, that's, there's nothing that guarantees that that's just going to go. And we're trying to like take this very organic natural event and like force our control over it, you know? And, and we live in such a busy world that it's hard for us to get off that hamster wheel of quote unquote busy and make time for that. And if we can get off the hamster wheel when there's not a huge life event like birth, 
I mm-hmm. think that we're better off for it. And again, I'm just going to keep saying it and hammering it home that when we align our actions and our values, we stop being busy. We start prioritizing things that are important Absolutely. to us, like volunteering, like being with your son, like your businesses, like pursuing things that light you up, like helping other people. And for us, it's the same Same People are always like, how do you do all the things? Well, I literally prioritize the things that are most important to me. I prioritize chickens. I prioritize um, having fun with my friends. I prioritize spending time outside as much as we possibly can. I prioritize reading you know, and and all the other things that happen. And I'm not saying that by prioritizing things that my life is super easy and super fun all the time. In fact, (laughs) I am challenged. It's, it's going back to those things you were talking about before, because we were talking about writing down your goals. And I do have certain things I surround myself with words and imagery of things that are important to me to remind me to stay focused on those things, because we are going to be pulled away from our priorities and our values all the time and being told like, come on, come over here. The hamster wheel's fine. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's crazy. And all of my happiness comes from being outside of that hamster wheel for sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's also the thing you have to forgive yourself and allow yourself to be different. Mm-hmm. It's okay. If you want to prioritize no TV, it's okay. If you want to prioritize giving your kid TV so that you can get something done. Like both of those are just choices. There's no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's organic. It's fluid. It's doing what is true to you and you can change your mind, but it's just important that you challenge yourself and you prioritize what really truly is important to you mm-hmm. versus what you think should be important to you. And show up as yourself with that grit and take time to reflect it on it. And like really do that. That's the brilliant part about your book, Amanda, is that it all just really, it's laid out in the perfect order. That's easy to understand and kind of guides people through like reflection, purpose, challenge, grit, goal, Goals. And Thanks, I did that. I did it's that. so good. It's so clear. And, you know, whether we're looking at it through the business lens or motherhood lens, it just really, it really is good. And then you actually go so far as I believe to put the um, challenge into action with the next point, which is check your attitude, which oh, we kind yeah. of already touched on. But, yeah. you know, our egos and our idea of who we are and how we present ourselves is just very interesting. Yeah. And I think that we, uh, for my personal experience, I, I want people to perceive me a certain way because mm-hmm. I am an introvert, because I don't really think it's anybody's business. So I will shut off a lot of who I am. I will just, I will not share that with a lot of people. Uh, so I think in that way, I really do project the way I want to be seen. And so for the people who do know me, who are the smaller amount of people, I really, they see a totally different side of my ego and I have a much bigger ego outwardly than I actually do inwardly. I, I project that so that I can play the part that I need to play for whether it's a public speaking event or if I'm on stage for something or whatever the case may be, I think it's really important just to check your ego and why you might be more egocentric. And I'm not saying necessarily egocentric in that like old machismo way. I just, ego is more than just overconfidence or just that, that those connotations of what ego is. It's more than that. I mean, there, mm-hmm. it's, it is healthy to have a certain amount of that ego. And I think it's just checking your ego and checking 
how you're projecting yourself on the world is just important for understanding how people perceive you and the relationships that they're going to have with you. And it helps to identify why you might be triggering somebody else and to treat people the way that they want to be treated, not necessarily the way that you want to be treated. I Ooh, think. Ready for the motherhood okay. lens? Oh, yes. <laughs> so I hear that for the business side of it. But for the motherhood side, I can't help but think it's um, our mindset around who our children are to us and whether or not they're in our way or not. Does that make sense? That's what I feel like that when it comes to ego and us, it's like showing up with our kids and being like, ah, you're just in my way. You're in the way. And like that, like that's what they're actually doing or, um, they're not helping you. Like yes. you're dressing a baby and you're like a little help here, a little help. Could you just stick your arm in the hole? And instead of being like, Oh, actually, mm, are they against me? Are they working with me? There's just like different ways we can show up and checking our ego and how it is we show up in relationship with others and how we present ourselves to others. And like, I think it starts to kind of get into a little bit of victim mindset stuff too. Oh Yeah. And And that's a really good point with that. Just check your ego. I mean, I can think literally yesterday. I am. (laughs) I know. I have examples over here too. I'm bringing in like 50 bags of groceries and I'm care. I mean, they're heavy. And because I had to take every single bag at once, I couldn't take two trips because that's just can't do it. So I'm carrying like a thousand pounds of groceries and my son like wants to stop and look at a flower. And I'm like, can you help me out here? Like I'm trying to bulldoze through the house and put these groceries away while you're trying to have like a moment with nature. And like, I'm the jerk there. He's trying to experience something and I'm just steamrolling through like my job is more important than his and it's not at all. And if you look at it from a a more, just take a step back from your own ego, you realize that he's making the better choice there, not me. Mm, Fair enough. I also think it's interesting to think of it as jobs. Like, what is our job in this moment? Is it really just only to get the groceries in the house at whatever cost to a relationship or a disconnect yes. with nature or whatever it is, you know? Or is it to just live this life and do life together? And I get it. I get it. Boy, we are, again, goes back to that challenge. Like, okay, challenge accepted. We'll try try a little different. So next on your list is asking for feedback. Yes. Oh, Always. man. Yeah. You know, this is one of the things I I teach my clients. Obviously you want to sort of cultivate who you're going to have in your sphere that you're going to ask for advice from. Right. They should be trusted people because you're, everybody's going to have an opinion, but not everybody's opinion matters. In fact, I would Mm -hmm. say most people's opinion don't matter. And so it's really important that you cultivate a strong, I always call it an executive team from a business standpoint, but you want those people around you who are going to support you, but not just blindly support you. You don't want a bunch of yes men, yes women around you. You want someone who's going, to, who's going to listen to your rant and be like, "Ooh, actually, you're in the wrong here," or "Hey, oh man, step back a little bit." You need people that challenge you. I mean, we're going back to challenging, but you need people in your in your group in your executive team that are going to challenge the every. I mean, not necessarily every question you make, but there but there's a difference between supporting somebody. And just agreeing with them. I mean, you can support someone even if they're making a bad decision. I'm sure, Lori, you can remember a few occasions of this in our lives, personal things. What? We won't get into Sorry? those. Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> no, just but the point is that you can support someone's decision and still challenge them to make a different one. 
Yeah. I think, and that doesn't make you less of a friend or less of a support system for them within a business or personal sphere. I think it's just important that you really find those people who are going to challenge you the right way and not necessarily always be downtrodden and beat you down every time you try to go anywhere. I mean, I see a lot of this in new businesses, like someone will start a new business for the first time and and they think that their family is going to support them. And mm-hmm. then when when that business ends up disrupting that other person's life in any way, shape or form, suddenly it's this huge inconvenience and that support system gets ripped away. And, yeah. and it's jarring and shocking and, and really hurtful because you you think yeah. that they're part of your, your, your executive team. And then it turns out that you know as soon as there was any mild inconvenience and discomfort that, that suddenly they're no longer going to support you. And so I'm not saying like, get a divorce and stop, like mm-hmm. take those people out of your life immediately, but stop relying on them for that part of what you need. Right. It's not, I mean, not everybody can be everything in your life and fulfill every aspect of, of what you need from a support system. That's right. Two major points from what you said was, you know what, feedback, when it comes to feedback, feedback leads to reflection, which often leads to change. And growth. So, Yes, exactly. Growth leads, you know, to change. It's like a circle of like feedback, change, growth, all of this stuff. It just, it all goes into it. In order to have growth, you have to have, yeah, exactly. And we'll, you know, maybe link to the PDF we're going to create on that one. (laughs) Just, um, it's, it's good. It's good. But we also have to be ready for that change and people around us need to be ready for that change and understand that it is going to happen and that there has to be a shift. Because I think one of the things we get stuck into in, in, and I was just thinking about this this morning is that in order for change to happen, like for example, starting homeschooling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the frustration comes from people um, trying to just shove homeschooling into their current life as is and trying mm-hmm. to fit it in. And that's just not going to work, right? You have to actually change everything and shift everything. And I think that this growth mindset and this model for growth mindset can help us get to that point of making the change and making the shifts that need to happen. And there is going to be a lot of feedback and outside opinion. And um, we do live in a world where a bunch of moms are just looking for affirmation and they're looking for yes moms. No, and I agree with you. Like, yes we want to have those affirmations. We want people to agree with us and to tell us we're doing it right and to tell us that we're doing a good job. But that's really not going to help you in the long run. And it's really, I mean, also I might challenge it. Like, why do you even need their opinion? Why is their opinion important? And mm-hmm. why do you need those affirmations when the only affirmation you really need is internal? You sure. just need to to turn on that internal. I know, I know. It is the feedback part, right? Yes, it is. But I'm just saying you don't, but feedback isn't about being praised. That's great positive feedback to get. Obviously we love to be rewarded and the accolades and Mm -hmm. I, for my personal viewpoint and how I I kind of view success, obviously I like to have those things, but ultimately the feedback you get from your executive team and even from yourself should be challenging you towards better, towards greatness within yourself. Right. And, you know, I think that's where the feedback kind of differs, if you will. So if you have Mm -hmm. like in-laws who are insulting you and giving you feedback and like unasked for opinions, like, I don't really think that that's the kind of feedback that you're suggesting that we... Correct. I'm not suggesting that you get just a bunch of negative Nellies to... Mm -hmm. I mean, I I, that's not at all what I'm suggesting. You want feedback that's honest and that's supportive and helpful, mm-hmm. even if it's negative. Yeah. So it's like that concept of like constructive criticism. I mean, there's a way to take that that will really help you, but there's also a way to 
present that. You, mm-hmm. you want, if, you're, if you're the one who's providing feedback, you want to present it in a way that's actually helpful and not just accusatory or... Right. Yeah. Again, this is one of those like nuanced things where you could just yes. like go on. In fact, you should write an entire book about it. <laughs> Maybe I will. Yeah. Feedback uh, basically ends up, the end result is perspective and just yes. getting a perspective. And if, if you don't find someone, you know, if there's someone in your life, whether it be a family member or a friend or acquaintance or an online stranger or something like that, or a troll, and you know, you don't appreciate their perspective or find it to be very helpful. That doesn't mean you have to like take that on and work it into your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the next point you bring up is uh, stop seeking approval. Yes. And we touched just on that, but it's, mm-hmm. Approval should come internally before it comes externally. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a firm believer in that because there's always going to be somebody who has an opinion about how you're doing something and it shouldn't really matter what they think. It should matter what ultimately you've got to be true to you. You've got to be who you are and you've got to be okay and approve yourself because if you can't acknowledge how you are and who you are and be okay with it and approve your own actions and your, your own personality yourself, you're, you're never going to get where you want to be because you're always going to be seeking somebody else's approval. And you just, fair enough. You've got to be you. I hear that. Oh boy. And in our world of, you know, cancel culture in general, that's sometimes challenging to do, but I hear you. And I think it's an absolute must. And I sense a couple of posts coming out of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the last, I mean, never, I never said that nowhere in this book does it say the easy way to do something. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. This book is not called let's do easy stuff and take over the world. That's not the name of the book. It's never going to be that way. There's no easy button. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I think that you should find a way to, oh, may, maybe do a podcast episode with that title. Let's do easy <laughs> stuff and take over the world and see how many people like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'll just write that down. Note to self. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I'll link to that episode in the show notes when it comes out. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, and the last point you bring up is really interesting of reward actions, not traits. And I mean, from the business lens, from the motherhood lens, from the life lens in general, help us understand this because this feels like a kind of new idea. So like when you're considering things as a challenge, when you're challenging yourself, the end result is nice, but it's not the point. I, I mean, if you let's if you take it from a very simple motherhood example, if your baby is learning to walk and he or she falls down, you don't say to him, "Up, oh, I guess you're done walking. You suck at this. We're done now." <laughs> That's never the case. There's always this moment of you reward them for making one step. Like, oh my gosh, you took your first step. That's amazing. Yeah. And you reward that action, even though they just fell on their face three seconds later. I mean, that's a very easy version of, of, of understanding how this concept works. So, And there are so many times in your life where y- you can't really see the progress because you see the failure. You, you make that two steps forward, one step back, or two steps forward, 10 steps back, but you forget to recognize the steps forward because it's that whole, I know it's, it's not the destination, it's the journey. I know it's very cliche, but it, it still has some, and I, I believe in how I raise my child and how I look at my businesses. I definitely want to reward the steps that you're making to get somewhere, even if you never get there, mm-hmm. even if you never get to that ultimate goal, you improved yourself 
by just making that journey, by just trying to get there. And yeah, some things we want to actually have the outcome like, yeah, okay, I want to pay the rent this month. So let's make sure that we are making enough money to do that. And those are, are more finite goals, but not every, every challenge you have in your life has to have a goal that is met. I think mm-hmm. sometimes the goal that ends up being met, even if it's not the one you set out to make is just part of that journey. I, I it's, I'm, mean, what's the old cliche, the, uh, Shoot for the stars, even if you don't, or shoot for the moon if you d- don't make it. Yeah, you'll blah, land blah, on the stars. stars. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same concept. Yeah, moon I mean, stars. Yeah, moon stars. Know. You know, look it up. I didn't write that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's the same concept. You're you're still tr- even if you don't actually make it to that destination. It's amazing to see how far you can go and then how much better you will be inside and out from that journey and that trying and that failure because it's okay to fail. Failure is good. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, not every failure, let's be honest, but there's still something good that can come out of those failures, mm-hmm. no matter where they wholeheartedly. are. Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Amanda, you know what the awesome part of this whole conversation is? Is that this is based off of two pages of your entire book. Two pages. You know, yeah. like think about how much value that is. And then like the book is just filled with it and tons of opportunity for reflection, clear action steps, clear analysis of things. So even if this is just two pages, I mean, the the value is just enormous. And I think that's absolutely amazing. And I just kind of want to point that out to people too, that we can have this entire conversation based around two pages. That is how valuable it is. There is one other part in the book, though, that I think is super relevant to moms. And that is about multitasking. And (sighs) your definition of multitasking is going to resonate so hardcore with moms, because it is doing one thing at a time in a quick and varying succession. Yes. Multitasking has been given these, this it's been put on a pedestal, but it's also been knocked down off that pedestal many times. And it kind of depends on how you look at it. But I've always considered myself to be like, oh, I'm so good at multitasking. When I really break down what multitasking is, I don't multitask. If you go off the basic, the the true definition of multitasking, I don't multitask. I hyper-focus on one thing at a time, yeah. but quickly. I move okay. from task to task very quickly because I can hyper-focus, tune everything else out, and then hyper-focus on something else, tune everything else out. And so it makes it seem like I'm multitasking, but really I'm just hyper-focusing in quick succession. Yeah. Putting it that way, actually, I think would help moms feel more present in the moment. Um, just like, okay, I'm actually going to stop this real quick and, you know, focus on my kid right now for that moment, you know, and just kind of, of course, there's still something in the oven. And of course, you know, the dogs in the backyard barking at something, you should probably figure out what that is. And, you know, of course, this is happening. And of course, you have four kids or whatnot, but it gives you the opportunity and the perspective to really stop and focus on one thing at a time and know that you have the power to do that and that you can do that in a world that says, if you get overwhelmed, spiral immediately. Instead, looking at it through that lens of like, okay, I can quote unquote multitask if it means doing one thing at a time in a quick and varying succession, which brings in distraction, right? I think is especially as working moms, because I feel like it's probably going to be working moms who are listening to this Um, or just, I don't know, maybe that's a terrible uh, assumption, but we are talking, you know, business and motherhood and how to find that balance. And we just feel like we are distracted all the time, but you make an excellent point in the book about distraction. Well, thank you. 
I think it's good too. No, mm-hmm. but I think that the distractions are actually ingrained in who we are as people. Mm-hmm. You can't, we are psycho, it's it's part of our brains. It's part of our brain right. chemistry. We're, We're wired for it. Wired to have distractions. And that is a good thing because it has, it is a survival tactic. It is how we have remained alive over the course of thousands of years. And I think I make the, the point in the book, it's, it's if you're a caveman and you're walking through the woods and you see something rustling in the bushes, that's a distraction from what you were doing before, but that distraction is going to keep you alive. And that is how hardwired our brains yeah. are into thinking about distraction. So when you get distracted, it's not this like unusual punishment you need to get yourself. And I think we're like, oh, I, I can't meditate and I can't tune out the distractions. Well, guess what? It's your body's way of like trying to warn you and prepare you and keep you alive. So distractions aren't a bad thing, but because we know we are hardwired to get distracted, it's important that you take out those distractions that are most likely to get in your way and the way right. of productivity. So- and there are some tasks, like when you're multitasking or when you're trying to, to hyper-focus, there are some things that you can, in a more traditional sense, micro or uh, multitask, but it's because some tasks are less important or are more automatic. Like, for example, you can scroll on your phone at the same time you're breastfeeding because they're, they're, you're doing them at the same time, but they don't require the same amount of effort or the same amount of effort total intensity. I mean, you can do both at the same time. You can watch TV at the same time stuff is cooking in the oven because it neither requires intense focus. So I think mm-hmm. you can, there are some cases where multitasking just happens in natural circumstances, but when it comes to distractions, your body is supposed to be distracted. It's supposed to go off on tangents. Right. You're supposed to, and that's how, that's how ideas are made. That's how you get these aha moments where you're in the shower and you're you know, washing your hair and suddenly you you think of a great book idea or whatever, that's because you got distracted for a second. You were washing your hair, but now you're writing a book. Like those are, mm-hmm. that's a positive, <laughs> those are that positive distraction. That is a real thing I mean, for that, every that's author. That's a positive distraction. I mean, yeah. that's why people go on, they go on a run and they clear their head so that new ideas can come in so they can get distracted mm-hmm. with a new idea. So distractions aren't bad. Right. Just, because quite frankly, there could be a saber tooth tiger in that tall grass. Or there could be yeah. nothing and you're not exactly. sure, but you want to be ready for whatever it is. Yeah. It could be a snake. There's snakes here. It's horrifying. It could There's be a snake snakes here too. Amanda and I lived on Maui and now we live in the land of snakes and it's kind of where it's just, I, it's, it's, it's a big adjustment. Like there's no just trampling through the hiking forest. Like, no, it's like at any moment I could be attacked by an alligator or a snake. Right. This is real. This is real terror, folks. Right survival distraction. It's so interesting because just having that perspective shift of instead of being upset by the idea of multitasking, like if you can do it well or can't do it well, or are you have being upset by distractions? Because I feel like that is motherhood in a nutshell is yes. if we want to call it distraction, 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 it is, but it's also just our everyday life. And so I think it's really important that we find ways to bring positivity into our lives, you know, and yes. not see our lives as just um, harder than they are. 
You know, Mm -hmm. I do think that it is hard and there are challenges, but then this growth mindset helps give us this new perspective to sort of embrace all of it. And I think that's really important. And um, it helps us show up as our whole selves in every situation in business and in motherhood and helps us feel balanced. And I do think that instead of seeking balance, I think that what we're actually trying to do is feel balanced. And I think the best way that we can feel balanced in our lives is to show up as our authentic whole selves. And that's really the holistic approach to life that I prefer. And so when it comes to business and motherhood, I don't think that they are necessarily exclusive. And sometimes we do try to like compartmentalize them in different boxes in order to get things done. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I do that. I do that. I'm doing that right now, you know, as best I can, minus the, you know, breastfeeding. uh... (laughs) I almost said interruption, but was it an interruption? It's just like life happening around us and we're, and we're doing things and we're moving forward and we're doing it for the sake of our family anyway, you know, and for the (laughs) sake of ourselves and just trying to show up as our whole selves as best we can. And, you know, you've given us so many tools to help us do that, you know, and it starts with that reflection at the beginning of the book and, and the different perspective shifts that are just adding so much value to our businesses and our motherhood. So Amanda, I super appreciate that. Thanks. I'm, you know, I, I think I told you this last night, but your opinion was one of the most mm. important to me because you have a background in writing and you, you've known me for so long. And so it's easy sometimes to, you know, to, to forget how you write towards other people and, and to not know if you're coming off the right way because, you know, nobody who, well, very few people who read this book, I hope will know me. So I think it's really important. I wanted to get those points off and, and having your opinion is you know, one of the most important to me. So I'm yes. glad that you enjoyed it. Gush, gush, gush. There's always gushing on the show. <laughs> Thanks. It was really good. I super enjoy it. Um, where can people find your book and when is it coming out? I am so excited. It comes out July 9th on Amazon. It will be That's available awesome. as an ebook and as a soft cover. The hardcover and the audiobook will be coming out later, probably okay. right around the time we announce the launch of the second book because it's already in the works. I know we're getting crazy, but what? I'm so excited. I know, right? I just am productive yeah, machine. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, the book comes out July 9th on Amazon. Obviously, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but whoever is listening, you should just go ahead and 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 get the book so that, as soon as possible so that I can rank higher on Amazon and spread my words to the world and take over. That'll be the easy part for me. I'll take the easy step of telling you to do this and then I'll take over the world. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're so funny. I can't wait to hear what the next book is. I was going to ask you what's next because you know, you're always creating something and yes, well, the book is now next. we know. And the pod, there's a new podcast coming out based on the book that's coming out uh, in just a few weeks actually. And then uh, my world tour ultimate domination that's coming right oh after my that. gosh uh, oh no my actually gosh. i do have tra- plans that we are hoping to do the second book launch in thailand which is where my co-author lives so we're hoping to go to thailand do the second book launch there and book signings there in thailand so um i gotta sort of figure that out with my kid and all but that's the plan wow. i know speaking of figuring things out with kids i think the baby has uh i think he's at the door <laughs> <laughs> he's declared it yeah We're done, Mom. We're i done. love this i love this i it's the perfect ending to like you know balancing business and motherhood and you know just showing up as ourselves as best we can but before we go how can listeners connect with you more where can they find you i can absolutely be found on instagram i am there a lot uh, i'm on facebook not as much but i do have a facebook page it's facebook.com slash the pursuit of badassery same with my 
by Instagram, instagram.com slash the pursuit of badassery. Uh, you can also find me on my website. You can connect directly with us there. If you email us at, um, through our website, we, it is, it is me who will answer you. So I highly okay. recommend if you have questions, I'm happy to answer them. I love talking business and, and talking about myself, I guess in this way, but I, I'd be happy to, I mean, I hate talking about myself, but I'll do it if, if it means you'll talk about the book. I'll do that. So oh, that's and way, help the easiest way to reach me. Yeah. yeah and help, help other people. people. Yeah. You that's, set such a good example um, through that. And I just really appreciate it. Amanda, this has been awesome. It's been so insightful. I am so proud of you and so excited for your book. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration or maybe a little of both. If you like today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.